Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Welcome, everybody. I am always excited to do these interviews. We get to do it a little bit earlier today because this super special, amazing guest that I have uh, here today with us is on the East Coast from Boston, and I am really excited to introduce all of you to my mindset coach who kicks my butt week to week, Liz Nicholas. So Liz, thank you so, so much for being here with us. I'm so excited. I'm just, I was thrilled the minute you asked me. I was a big yes. So I can't wait. Yes. I was thrilled the minute that you said yes. And I cannot wait for you to just drop some major knowledge on us and kick our butt and let us know why we need to get out there and start taking action instead of uh, making excuses. Because I know that's one of the things you get on us all the time about. And you've always got just such great advice and you put it in such amazing eye-opening ways. So I'm excited for what you're going to share with us here today. Good, good. Yeah. So what, like specifically, you're, you deal with mindset. How would you say that? How would you describe it? Uh, well, I consider myself a mindset mastery coach. And the reason I refer to myself that way is that I think there's a science to mindset and there's an art to it. And I don't think you can master it unless you study and apply both. And most mindset work out there is really about trying to produce more motivation. It's about positive thinking. It's about affirmations, vision boards, um, getting yourself to do more. And that's not the type of mindset that I practice and that I teach and coach. And so I always want to start by explaining to people what I don't believe mindset is and what it is I actually do, which is, like I said, the combination of science and art. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that because I I do feel like you always have specific actionable, not just go make a vision board. It's like there's an actionable, tangible thing that you tell us to do each time if if we're struggling versus just, you know, like you said, make a vision board or and all that stuff is fine and great. But I do feel like you always give me steps to follow so that I can get myself out of wherever I'm stuck. And you have to understand, you know, I like to say, and I've said to you guys before, you have to have the user user's manual for your mind. Mm-hmm. You can't just read a book or listen to a podcast or even go jump around at a two-day live event with 10,000 people and change your mind. Changing your mind is based on real science. And if you change your mind, you change your actions, you change your results, you change your life, you change your business. And so it's really important that people start foundationally with understanding how our mind actually works. Where do thoughts come from? How do we get new thoughts? How do we get rid of thoughts that aren't serving us? 
What about our emotions? Where do they come from? And what part do they play in how we behave? And what about those things we feel like are beyond our control, like procrastination or habits we're not happy about? Where do they come from? And what part of that does our mind have to do with? And so I think once people understand, and it's it's not like it's rocket science, but once people understand what their brain is set up to do and they get the user manual in their hands and they become programmers of their own minds, then life gets really fun. So does sales and business because all of a sudden you're in charge of something you didn't know you actually could have been in charge of the whole time. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like, we have the power right now. And I know you talk a lot about belief and how literally I think it was Henry Ford, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And I I just feel like that's the message I always get from you is like, where are you at? Which person are you? Are you the believer or the non-believer right now? Whichever one you are is determining your results. Well, totally. Because here's the thing that's so fascinating about the mind is we have this, we have different parts of our brain and without going into too much science, we have like a a neo-mammalian brain, a paleo-mammalian brain, and then we have like a reptilian brain. And so this higher part, the prefrontal cortex, is the part that is super analytical and where we can watch ourselves think. It's our conscious brain. It's that part of our brain that can understand before, during, and after, can turn over decisions, analyze, uh, do all of that kind of sophisticated thinking. And then we have the other part of our brain that does not do sophisticated thinking and is wired specifically for survival, which I'm always talking to you guys about that, right? That part of our brain does 95% of our thinking. So that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's programmed on default to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and it's not expend energy. In other words, conserve as much energy as possible. And so when you look at those three things are always going on on default, unless we're using our conscious mind to override it, then really life is just all about trying to avoid pain, which is what most people do, seeking pleasure, people do a lot of that too, and not putting a lot of effort into things. And it's not that we're lazy. It's not that we don't want the things that we want. It's not that we don't want to sell that thing or expand our business or all of the things. It's that we don't understand there's a program that's running that will continually have us self-sabotaging ourselves. We will only go so far and always pull ourselves back. And so, and I refer to that as a belief ceiling. What you believe is possible for you is on a default setting. It's like a, you know, back in the day when I was younger, there were records and it's like a record that gets stuck in a groove. It just goes around and around and around, which is why most people's experience their life and their business. Like it's groundhog's day. They're like, I always make the same amount of money. I never get any further than this. I always have the same problems with the same things in my life and my business and people. Nothing really changes day to day, year to year. And nothing can change unless you change that programming, unless you put in what you want and you make what you're choosing to think about your default. And I would add one other thing, Nicole, that you know, that I think is so exciting and so amazing. And and this is the science part is that what we know is that our brain doesn't just create our thoughts, but our thoughts actually are creating our brain. We're Mm -hmm. actually growing our brain 
because of the ways we think. So we're, we're always doing that. That's always the case. There's no like days off on that. We're always growing our brain. We're always creating neural pathways that produce. We're either doing it by default or we're doing it with purpose, deliberateness, intention, and our conscious mind. Every time I talk to you, I have a breakthrough. I just had another breakthrough because I was actually even thinking about this earlier today in the shower. I was like, oh, that idea of like, who is my future self? What would she say to me? What would would she do right now? And when I had that realization, I thought I need to start becoming her now. Yes. I need whatever she would say yes to right now is what I need to say yes to, whether I have the time, the money or whatever. I need to say yes to it because I can't put off being her or I won't become her. And what you just said about the groove and about making those different choices, we've got to intentionally make those different choices, even when we're afraid, even when it doesn't make sense, because that's what that future person would be. And the sooner we start becoming that future person, the sooner we are. Yeah, well, you said it perfectly. We have to think and feel ahead of our current reality. Mm-hmm. Because if we think and we feel the same way we've always thought and we felt, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, which is what most people do. Most people get up every day and they remember who they are. Like that's what the waking experience is. You remember who you are. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, now I remember. I'm this old. I live in this house. I have these people that I live with. And I have these problems. Oh, remember the problem I was dealing with yesterday? I still have that problem. Like they literally, it's a process of remembering when we get up. And then all of that default, that wiring just kicks into action. It's just there. It's like we flip the switch and we're like, go. 95% of the thinking for today should look just like it did yesterday. And so life will look just like it did yesterday. We have to learn how to intentionally think and feel as the person we desire to become, the person who has the business that, the person who has the relationship that, the person that makes that much money, we have to think and feel into that person, not who we presently are and most certainly not who we've been. Most people go into every single day using the past to define who they are in the present, holding it there And then they can only get more of the same. And it's really frustrating. You can understand why people are frustrated. And then you have people that are telling these people, people out in the world telling these people, you just need to think more positive thoughts. That's all you need to do. You just need to pour pink paint on all your thoughts. You should just find out the way to be happy all of the time and and it'll be fine. And that's just not true. That's not even how the brain works. We have to expect a certain amount of discomfort. But we have to have the kind of thoughts that say to us, it wasn't supposed to be easy to do this. It wasn't supposed to be comfortable to do this. I'm somebody who can do hard things. I'm someone who's figuring out and learning. I'm becoming the person who. And as we begin to message this to ourselves and speak this way to ourselves, we will naturally change how we feel. And we will naturally generate new actions that will always produce new results. And that's literally how we change our minds and then our lives. And that's exactly how you grow a business. You have to think ahead of your current reality. And that's what start, like you said, our thought, I loved when you said, it's not just our brain that creates our thoughts. It's our thoughts that are creating our brain. So when we have those thoughts of what our future self would do and be and say, we're creating our brain, we're creating those new neural pathways because we're choosing to live into that person. Right. And our brain, if, if we got really super sophisticated and we did like brain scans, we could see that when people begin to think new thoughts consistently, 
They create new wiring, new neural pathways, and they practice them. We can actually see on CT scans that different parts of the brain begin to light up. We're literally changing the way our brain is working. It's so powerful to think about. It's just so incredibly powerful. And so our brain isn't creatively thinking thoughts. Our brain every day is just like a computer that you have like an old program on. You like have a computer and you've never like upgraded it and it's just running all the time. So our brain needs to be programmed. So it's giving you thoughts every day, but it's not creating ones to grow you a business or to help you to do something that you desire to do. It's going to just give you what it's programmed to do. If we understand how to program it, we use that conscious brain to program that larger default brain, then it will start to automatically light up differently and do different things for us. But we have to become the programmers of our mind and not think, you know, if I just sit here and I think, I want more money, I want more money, I want more money, I want more money, that that's really going to move the needle because that's not really the process. There's a process I teach that, you know, where we really create awareness first and then we understand where the emotions come from and then we see the relationship to our actions. Just throwing a positive thought on something that isn't working, your brain will reject that. Your brain knows that that's not real. Your brain recognizes that as something it doesn't believe. And so you'll get a little hit literally a little chemical hit from thinking something positive. You'll feel good for a few minutes. You'll feel a little bit better about yourself. But anybody that's tried to just positive think their way through something, it goes away really quickly. And then you're left with like, I like to call it like a positivity hangover. It's like, you're just like, oh my God, my head. Like I tried to think positive thoughts, nothing changed. And now I'm just tired because it doesn't change anything. That's not the answer. Knowing how to deal with all kinds of thoughts and emotions is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's so, it's so rah, rah, but there's no like substance or foundation. It's just, I mean, there's, there's two things that came to my mind. One, I heard Tony Robbins not too long ago in a podcast and he was like, positive saying, just think positive and it'll be better is like going out into your garden and saying, uh, no weeds are going to grow. No weeds are going to grow. And like right. expecting your weeds to grow. Right. The other thing that came up for me is me personally, I remember, I don't know, maybe it was a couple months ago and I had a statement. It was in one of our sessions and I said something about without struggle at the end, because my big thing was, how do I not continue to insert struggle? And the way I said it, you were like, yes, exactly. And one of the other girls had said, well, why not with pleasure and joy? And while saying I'm going to complete my work with pleasure and joy may be where I want to end up, my brain wouldn't register that yet because it was too much of a jump. It was too much of a does not compute and it might make me feel good for a second, but then there's no actual step for me to get up there. And so I fall back down. Yeah, a hundred percent. We call, we call that cognitive dissonance when there's too big a gap between one belief, one thought and another thought that you want to think. And it's real cognitive dissonance is really uncomfortable. And so for most people, especially if they don't know what that is, you're just going to quit. It just feels bad. And it just feels like, well, that was dumb. And I don't believe that. And so that kind of just saying, oh, I'm going to do this with, you know, pleasure and joy or whatever. Your brain's like, no, you're not. You've never done that before. Like, that's not going to happen. So it's the rewiring. It's saying to yourself things that are a little bit better and practicing staying there for a while and then a little bit better and practicing staying there for a while. It's like just slowly moving your brain into a new place that has less struggle, less cognitive dissonance as you're doing it. Does it take a little bit longer? Not really, not really, because all the like 
pink painting things doesn't work. And so you're always tumbling back to where you began. And for most people, what happens when they just try and use positive thinking is they grow very tired and frustrated and they come to one of two conclusions. They believe either people have lied to them and it's not true, that book they read, that coach they had, that person was just lying. Or perhaps even more sadly, they decide it is true, but not for me, I'm flawed. I'm not capable, it will never work for me. And either conclusion they come to, they quit on themselves. When all that's been going on is they don't understand the science of the brain, the neuroscience, the neuroplasticity, and they don't understand how to have the right tools to then do the work. And you can very quickly rewire your brain, very quickly, actually. Because aren't those thoughts like, oh, it's just me, I'm different, or it's not like that book didn't work, or I'm the book didn't work for me, or what? Aren't those all still the brain that you mentioned earlier, which is just trying to keep us safe? Like yeah. the. That yeah. it's just holding us because really those are just fears that we're letting run the show when we're like, well, it's not for me because it didn't work for me because I'm different. Yeah, it's that. And then there's another piece to it that makes it even worse news. <laughs> but it is that it's absolutely that like limiting place that we're used to and we're comfortable. But the other thing is the brain likes to think what the brain's been thinking. That's that not expending energy part. So the brain will keep giving you thoughts, even if they're going to lead you to keep walking into brick walls. If you've thought those thoughts a lot, your brain favors them. So that's why they're default. It's mm -hmm. not that your brain could never possibly think something more expansive. It's that it's used to that. And so it's always going to offer you up that default. And then it's always going to react to the ease of thinking that. And so you'll fall back into that pattern unless you move really, really, really slowly and I think also, and here's the value of coaching is, you know, I always say you can't read the label from inside the bottle. You often, we all, myself included, we can't catch this in ourselves. We can't see where we're using thoughts that are holding us back. I mean, sometimes limiting thoughts show up as incredibly virtuous. And, and you guys, you know, you know, that sometimes I'll call people out on that. You know, I'll say, I know that sounds like a really generous thought or whatever, but here's the thing. It's really in your way. And here's the reason it is. But that's really hard to do that for yourself. You need an expert that can see your blind spots, that can help watch your mind and catch that default that you want to go to. We all have default. We all have tricky thoughts. And the thing is, we always will, because whenever we stretch, so you get to a new place and you created something new and it's amazing and it's wonderful and it's like everything's rocking and rolling. And then you're like, you know what? This was great. I had this other idea for this thing I should go do. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to go do this other thing. The minute you go toward this other new thing that you're super excited about, that lower brain is going to go right back in and grab some of those upper limit ceiling thoughts mm -hmm. and it's going to try and calm you down, just like save your life. Don't go run in that direction. God knows what could happen. Like self-sabotage. So, self -sabotage. so there's no promised land where we get to where we're like, okay, now I'm successful enough that this will never happen to me. Even somebody like myself that understands the science and knows the science, whenever I take on something new, I put out something new into the world, all of that stuff will come up for me. Yeah. And it's so easy to believe it. Because we've thought it before. It's just so easy. And so we have to be like, wait, stop. What's happening here? Let me look at these thoughts, that awareness piece. And then, you know, knowing how to install new thoughts and work with that cognitive dissonance. 
Yeah. I think that's important to remember too. Like you said, it's the value of coaching. It's the value of understanding that we aren't meant to do this by ourselves. Like a doctor can't perform surgery on himself. And I always say similar to your bottle example, like if you're in the frame, you can't see the picture and we need somebody to call us out on our crap because it's happening. We're human. The brain fears it's going to take over and it's going to hold us back from ultimately really doing what we want to do in the name of keeping us safe because it thinks that's what's right. hundred percent. A hundred percent. We need those people around us. And we need to expose our thoughts. I mean, that's our daily work is we have to be every single day looking at our thoughts. And I have a specific process I teach to do that. But, you know, I had a client recently that I had worked with quite extensively. And then she messaged me and said, I was on vacation last week and I didn't do any of my daily mindset work. And I'm really struggling. You know, I'm coming back to, you know, feeling like things are a mess again and, you know, so on and so forth. And she probably thought I was going to give her a pep talk. And I just said, did you brush your teeth on vacation? Or did you just decide to take the week off from that? Right? And she was like, oh God, okay. Yeah, because here's the thing. Most of us would never do that. We would never be like, what's 14 days without flossing and brushing? I should be fine. I'll feel perfect when I get back, right? We'd be like, oh my God, there's not even a chance. Like we understand the value of two minutes twice a day. And it's gotta be the same thing with watching our thoughts. They will get away from us. And they will start running the show on default if we decide, let me just take some time off. I don't have to work on the hygiene of my mind. I can just, you know, play and then I'll get back to it. And sure enough, that's why she came back and she felt like she was a mess is because she had let go of doing that daily watching her mind. Just like our muscles. I mean, if you took 14 days off from doing any kind of workout, your muscle would start to atrophy and start to be, you know, lose its strength. So it makes sense. I think it's easy for all of us to get lazy and not realize that our thoughts are really the thing that's giving us the life we want or, or not, you know, when, when we don't have control over our thoughts, then we really don't know if we're making the decisions or if our fears are. Well, for sure. The way we know that our thoughts aren't working on our behalf is if we're clear on something we want, you know, we really know that it, it's a desire. I really want to produce this in my business and you're clear on it. And yet you continue to find that it, the results elude you is, you know, people that say I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the way I should be, but I'm not getting the results. I'm like, not a chance. Like your results are always a perfect mirror to what you're thinking. So what's showing up is always telling you exactly what you're thinking, even if you don't have great thought awareness yet, even if you aren't somebody that's looking at your thoughts or even really understands what that means to look at your thoughts. If you don't like your results, I always say, don't go to the action line and start throwing a lot of new actions or more actions or just Mm -hmm. trying to shove more motivation at yourself. That doesn't work. Everybody on January 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th knows that about those New Year's resolutions. It's not enough to just take a bunch of action and throw motivation. You've got to have a mind that supports where you're going. You've got to have a thought base, a foundation that's going to lay the groundwork for what you have to do. And if you're, if we're talking about sales, which I know all of your people are sales superstars, we're talking about sales. This is so incredibly important Mm -hmm. because the classic way that we make more sales is we just do more selling. We just just talk to people more. We just, we do whatever we were doing that made that amount. We do like more of it, double it, go. And that's just not the answer. We know because we know that hard work, more time and more effort doesn't necessarily produce more results. So something else is going on. 
And what's going on is you now have to think beyond your current result level. And so that doesn't mean coming up with a thought like, I always sell everything that I want to sell, okay? Because that's one of those non-believable thoughts. But it does mean thinking about, you know, should I be able to tell myself, I will do this no matter what? Is that a thought that feels like it would generate action for me? Working on our own personal certainty, our own belief. I always say you shouldn't be selling anything to anyone until you've sold yourself. Mm. Like you've got to sell yourself on the value of your product. You've got to be all in it. Like that's the thought work that starts because when you believe what you sell is like, that's it. This is the thing. And everybody needs it. You don't have a sales problem. When you believe that, you don't have to say, well, maybe I should say it this way. Well, maybe I should work on my content some more. Well, what, what about my presentational skills? When you have a thought system that says, I'm valuable, what I produce is valuable, People need this. This is life changing and people need it right now. And they need me to show up. You have nothing else you have to worry about. You will message all the people. You will talk to all the people. And it won't even really much matter exactly what you say because certainty sells. That mindset sells. And that's actually always what people are buying from us is our level of certainty, our belief, right? I said that the other day in class. I said, people are buying what? Our belief in what they're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Because I started doing this, say they're always buying us. They're buying us. And I yeah. said it to one of my clients today. I said, if you're not convinced, you can't convince. The number one person you have totally. to sell is yourself. And when totally. you aren't sold on what you're talking about, nobody else will be. And that comes back to the belief and the certainty, like you said. And I think, I think that's really hard, I guess, for new coaches. And I, I like, I remember you told us this once. I loved how you said it. You were like, if you're too busy working on your website, doing this, doing that, nobody's getting coached, nobody's getting helped. And right. ultimately, the fastest way to believe in what you do is to go start helping somebody. Absolutely. Like go start helping people, go start coaching, go start offering. How can I be of service today? And that'll, that'll start to help your confidence and your belief in what you're doing because you're going to help them achieve results. And when you see that, that instills the confidence in you. Totally. And here's the thought that keeps us stuck. We have a thought like I'm not ready because I have to fix my website because I need to go read another book because I need another course because I'm not ready because, and if you believe you're not ready because you're not ready, it's that simple. When you say to yourself, I need to go out and start coaching immediately and offering this while I'm building my website or all the things you think you need to be doing, and then you go and do it. Now you're becoming a sales professional. Now you're learning things, but it comes, that action's not going to come from just pushing yourself. You've got to have a thought that says people need my coaching now, I always tell people, just get out there, whatever it is you sell, get out there and start selling it. It's the best way to learn. And also, I think much like mindset, sales is, is uh, there's a science to selling and there's an art to selling. And I always say, especially with people that are nervous about sales conversations, right, which I think in all areas of sales, people are nervous about sales conversations. But I always say in every sales conversation, someone's selling and someone's buying. And one of the reasons you need to practice sales conversations is because as soon as you start buying someone's objections, you've stopped selling. And you don't understand that relationship and that dance when you've read a book about sales, when you've read the scripts on sales, because you don't know what your mind is going to do when that person says, I can't afford that, or I need to go talk to my significant other, or 
I'm going to be so busy next month, but maybe September or October. You're not prepared for that. You don't have a mindset for that because you haven't practiced enough. You haven't had that presented enough to create the mindset, the programs to be able to sell to that and coach to that. You're, you're looking for a formula and you're looking for yeah. more of when I do this, I do And those are the people that are like, well, what's the right next step? And you actually said something, it was yesterday trying to find a formula for success versus learning to manage your mind is why you will not be successful. Absolutely. Number one job. And I wrote there in yeah. Everybody's looking for the formula. What's the pill? What's the formula? How do I get there? And right. I get that all the time. And ironically enough, as a math teacher, I used to get the same thing. You know, yes. kids come to me and go, what's the formula? And I, and just like you said, in a sales conversation, if I handed that kid the formula, and he doesn't have the number sense. He doesn't have the practice with it. He's not rehearsed enough with what that formula actually means and what the parts are and why they work. He's going to get to a part on a test or a quiz where he's going to use the formula, but not completely understand why it works and get the wrong answer. And then be mad at me or be mad at the formula when really there was some practice and some understanding, uh, some higher level number sense awareness that would have helped. And sales is the same thing. Like you said, there's an art and a science. I say that all the time on every call somebody gets sold. And to the degree that you are still buying your own excuses, totally, you will buy whatever excuse that person has to the degree that you still have money mindset issues, wealth consciousness issues, you will buy wine and sinker, whatever they are giving you. If they say they can't afford it, you're like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it because you still have that same. If you haven't invested in yourself, you will understand why they don't and you'll buy it. Well, and the people, if you don't invest in yourself, those are the people that show up as people that don't invest in themselves. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And you know, I'm a big fan of saying sufficiency sells when you're in a place where you're lacking sufficiency, when you feel insufficient in any area, you can't sell anything to anybody. So I, I totally agree. And look, everybody, everybody doesn't have to buy you know, to generate some type of confidence. We don't have to sell a hundred percent of things, but if you go, I can't remember, somebody said this on the call, I think it was yesterday, but if you go into a, go into a sales call thinking I need it to go this way to, you know, whatever, finish the sentence, that alone, just that thought is a scarcity thought. So, and, and actually I, somebody um, today said to me, I'm in a good mindset. This is exactly what she said. I'm in a good mindset. I'm just preparing myself for no's before I get on the call. And I was like, what? No, stop. I was like, that is not a good mindset. I was like, no, 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 no. Because when we're preparing, it's, I call it like bracing for impact, right? We're like, this will be all right. I can take it. That's crazy. Like that energy is crazy. That mindset is crazy. Preparing for the no. And she's like, but we do get no's. I'm like, I know, but if you have to prepare for it, it means you're attached to the outcome. If you're like, she's either my person or she's not, you're sufficient. You show up and it's a whole different energy space and it's clean and you can do your thing and share and the person can say yes or no, and then you can bless them and move on. But like preparing for the no, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. But I think a lot of people do that, right? They're bracing for impact waiting for the other shoe to drop like that. Totally. It, it's too good. There must be something like you're projecting the impact. You're manifesting that the impact is going to happen. You're preparing for it. And yeah, yeah I, I think that that's, I coach on it all the time. Don't be attached to any outcome. Like you said, coming from a space of sufficiency. Like I had somebody about a week ago that was on a call with me and she said, well, I'm interested in your one-on-one. So let me just think about it and see if it, 
if it's something that I can afford and want to do. And I said, well, let me ask you a few questions first and make sure this is the right fit. 100%. And it totally changed. Like, this isn't your decision. And I'm not saying like, it was more about we're making this decision and letting go on a sales call of the control is the fastest way to sink out of that sufficiency, that, that certainty yeah. of, you know, cause you go into that, what, what you've called grabby, hustly, desperate energy. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I love just, because again, you're sufficient enough to say, well, let's talk a little bit further because let's even qualify that that is going to be a good choice for you. Not, you know, I'll sit here and wait and you go there and my fingers are crossed and that's not sufficiency. That's depending on an outcome, needing an outcome. So I love that. I think that's a really, really strong place to come from. And it may well be that that person is not the right fit, in which case the no is a win. Yes. Right. And that's, and we know, you and I know, beginning coaches, they're like, oh no, if everybody said yes, I'd be happy. And you're like, believe me, like. You know what I said on the call the other day, I won't say it for your people, but I was like, oh, believe me, you just, there's a lot of no's that you're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 And some of us have learned that the hard way that the yeses we worked really hard for turned out to be not so fun on the inside of the program. Nope. But you know, you also have to experience that to really understand how to, how to draw in your ideal client that you really do want to work with. You have to, and and your best client is never going to be the one who teaches you the most. It's like that saying, you know, a smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. I think it is. Love that. You have to have some of those challenging clients to understand why you don't want that anymore. And that gets you even more into that certainty and sufficiency energy. That's why I was able to say to that person, like, let me make sure, because how dare I be out of integrity and and allow somebody to pay me if I truly can't serve them at the level that they need it. And and whether that's because I feel they're not willing to do the things that I know I'm going to ask them to do, or they really aren't at a level where they need me. Like either way, I owe it to them you don't get to pay me money until I decide I can truly help you. And this is going to be the right fit. Yeah. And that's a totally different energy to jump on a call with somebody. than I need this money to pay my rent. Oh, to- it's a totally different energy. And if the person isn't the right fit and for some reason we're skilled enough to talk them into it, they aren't going to get the results. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of loss that comes from that. Even if we can convince someone and conjole someone, you know, like, oh, this is right for you. And then they say yes. And they should have been a no. And now that you're they're in your program, they're not getting results. You're frustrated that you're not delivering results. You know, other people are probably being impacted inside your program by this person. So nobody wins when we aren't managing our minds, when we're not clear on who we are and what we do and the value of what we offer. I mean, that's my definition of sales is demonstrating value that inspires action. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see the value of what I do, then you should definitely not come work with me. Bless them. Let them move on. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I think that's one of the biggest things too, as a sales coach that I, I like to make sure that my people understand there, there are no's for a reason. There's going to be people that like, just let them go. They're not meant to be, in your, there's 8 billion people on this planet. You have yeah. to understand the majority of those 8 billion don't need what you're selling, but there's a lot of people who do, and you've got to show up for them. I think that's the biggest thing. Show up for them and know how to say, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no, because you owe it to the people who are paying you a lot of money, who are the true yeses, who are the ideal client, protect that space you're holding for them. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Nicole. protect that space you're holding for them. That sees just that thought. 
Mm-hmm. If people can take what you just said and your people can like learn to practice that, you know, mm-hmm. really creating a space for those people that should be in the program, that should be the yeses. That's so powerful. That's the exact opposite of hustly energy. You know, where you need somebody to do something. It's really a place of honor and respect for other people. And it's also, I think, a place of incredible self-respect and self-honor that I'm worth, you know, me, the practitioner, you as the person, I'm worth having the people that will get the value in my program. Yeah. I'm worth them holding out and me holding out for that relationship to take place. That's just so powerful. I love that. And I think that's true in our content production. You know, in everything that we do, if it, and I was saying this the other day too, if it starts to sound like it's not you because you have like your sales language or, you know, you know, whatever it is you do to kind of like, and we've all done it. You know, you try and just make it sound this way to get the thing to make the thing happen. And yeah, that's a problem too. Mm-hmm. And that comes from that lackful thinking that we're even trying to do that. I'm like, I always say, I'm a lot to come and work with me. I have a very direct style and not everybody can probably handle my style. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, I got to like talk the way I talk when I'm like on Facebook live or I'm doing a training for people or I'm producing content in my page. I really talk like this in real life and in you know my business. And I really am this kind of bold personality. And I think that's important because I'm sure there are people that in five seconds are like, oh my God, she's horrible. Not my person. And that's great news because it means my messaging is really, really good, really good. And I can make sales really fast when it's very clear who I am and what I stand for. If I'm kind of like pleasing everybody, then that gets really convoluted. And again, I can't get the right people into my program. So whenever somebody says like, oh, someone said they didn't like this or like that, I'm like, congratulations, your messaging is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You're doing an amazing job when you can turn off people that fast because it also means you're attracting a tremendous amount of people very quickly and very easily. And the right people. And your clarity and your conviction and your message actually makes people respect you more because I said this to somebody the other day and I think she was a little bit blown away. She was like, I don't want to be salesy. I said, well, the fact that you're trying to help everybody is exactly why you're salesy. salesy. This idea that you're like, I just want to help everybody. Then that's a load of BS and you're being salesy. I get that it comes from this space of like, I I want to help, but that's a load of BS you're telling yourself. So that's what you and I are saying the same thing. Cause that's when I call people out on virtuous thoughts that aren't virtuous. I'm like, that sounds so virtuous. I'm just, I just want to help all the people. It's like, no, you don't. You just want to get a bunch of yeses. You just want to cajole people. That's not what that means. Totally. That is the, that's what I meant before by virtuous thoughts yep. that are really limiting thoughts. They're just dressed up as like really, you know, I'm not like other people that want to make money. I just want to help people. It's like, oh, come on. Let's just clean up that thought line right away. Because it's, it's not salesy. It's right. salesy. It's a bunch of crap. Like I, I had this thought yesterday while I was on a walk and I used it with, with a client yesterday. I said, you saying that you want to be a health coach and help everybody is like you saying, I teach sports and I want to help everybody. Right. Like you can't possibly be good at all the sports, right? You've got to pick one and you've got to get really specific and health is the same thing. And health is different for everybody. What's the problem you solve. And when you're not willing to get specific like that, you are exactly the thing that you don't want to be. You're and being and you know where that comes from though, that thought, cause this is a newbie coach thing, a new salesperson thing. They don't right. want to specialize. They don't want to declare a niche and they definitely don't want it to be narrow. They're like, Oh, I have a niche. I just help men. Like that's not a specialty. 
There's like millions. But that comes from a thought. It comes from a, I won't make enough money if I'm super specific. So that's an example of where we got to go. What is driving this crazy, you know, not identifying a niche? What's happening? What's the thought? I won't make enough money. You know, it's too specific. There aren't enough people with this problem. But there's a thought that's there that keeps us from defining ourselves. And the truth is, when you do business a long time, like I have and you have, the more specific you are, actually, the better it is. Because I'm like, there's a dog whistle for each of us and the cats don't hear it. And that's what we want, right? Ooh, so it's like, you got to be, and I like cats. No, I have cats. So I'm, that's not a, like an anti-cat statement. <laughs> but the good analogy have, though. Right? We have to blow our certain whistle of what we do. And then we have to be willing to say to people, not I right. don't do that. Which yeah. is also a, like a novice thing that people won't do is, you know, so I coach mindset. And 11 years ago, 12 years ago, if somebody came to me and they were like, can you help me lose weight? Truth is, I probably could help somebody lose weight because that's all mindset too. But I would have been like, of course I can. Come right in. How can I help you? Like, of course I'll help you. And that's, it takes some kind of growing up into your business to learn that you got to be able to say, it's actually not my specialty. It's not what I do. It's not what I do, but I can put you in touch with somebody who does do that. That kind of thinking comes from sufficiency and it boosts sales. It's everything that sales is based on is sufficiency. And it earns you so much respect from that person. When you set that boundary and you're willing to stay in your lane and be in integrity with who you are and how you show up, that person might go, wow, thanks for the referral. And then the next time they encounter somebody that does need that specific thing, you'll probably pop in their head. Uh, t- you know, they 100%. respect that. Yeah. And the other thing that's funny is I, I know people always say to me this, the same thing that you hear a lot of people say, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy, but I sometimes like to just have fun with people and be like, I like being salesy. And they're like, and I'm like, I think being salesy is really good because the way I define that, right. I have my own thoughts. The way I define that is that like, I sell a lot of stuff to a lot of people. I change a lot of people's lives. That's kind of salesy. That's what I do. I love selling. Like I love selling. And so I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Turns out. So I'm like, I like to challenge that and be like, why is that negative to you? Now, pushy might be different, but salesy, why does that have a net? Why is that like a bad word? First of all, it's a made up word. Yep. So if we're going to make up a word, why don't we make up a good definition? So I think we should all be salesy and be like the first one in the party that's like, hey, my name is Liz. I'm in sales. What do you do? Like, we should be like rushing to tell people like I sell stuff. What do you sell? Because yeah. we're all selling something, right? If you're a parent, you're selling eating healthy foods to your kids and driving the speed limit. If you're a teacher, you're selling something in a classroom. If you're a doctor, you're selling health. Mm -hmm. So we're all selling all the time. Why, why don't we just be salesy and love it? I had that cut. Well, first of all, when you said you're a teacher, you're selling, that was actually cut to seven years ago when I was first interviewing for a sales job and I had no sales experience. The guy was like, listen, I got to tell you, you just knocked this interview out of the park, but like, I can't justify to my boss why I would hire you over the 89 people internally who want this job because your resume just says teacher. You've never sold anything. And I said, well, I sold math to teenagers for 15 years and that wasn't an easy sell. And he goes, oh my God, I, I didn't think about that. Yep. And I was like, well, I had like, listen, nobody likes math. Nobody wants to do math. I had to sell my kids didn't show up and do math because they loved it. Some of them did. 
but they showed up and did it because we had a relationship and it was an experience and they wanted to be a part of that. And by the way, they needed to do it to get through high school. So why not just make it fun and approachable? And I schooled myself and we didn't always talk about math. And I think that's really the heart of sales. It's like, if you're always just wanting to talk about what you're selling in your business and you're forgetting the relationship, then that is a little businessy transactional salesy. Yeah. Yeah. But also that's not the energy of just a relationship and a conversation. And I think the other thing I say a lot about salesiness, and I I know you'll understand this because we've talked about it, is if you have this idea, this negative connotation around sales, because like you said, salesy is a made up name. It's a bunch of crap that we put in our heads about what it actually is. And what you're saying is, I don't want to be salesy, but I do want clients. So you've basically confused the universe because you've said, I have to do this icky, sticky, awful thing to get the clients. And I don't want to do that because that makes like, but you're creating that experience. And that's why you're not getting clients because you've said to the universe, I don't want to do this thing. So the universe is like, cool, we won't make you. And then you don't show up and then you don't have conversations and then you don't get clients. And then you're sitting around going, I need more numbers on my Instagram followers, or I need more, you know, and you're making all these excuses for why you don't have it. And really it's all internal. Yeah. I call those cover problems when you're like, I just have to get more people on my Instagram story. But what's really going on is you have a thought like, I don't want to be salesy. And so what does our brain do with, I don't want to be salesy. It feels hesitancy. And then it doesn't do anything, no matter how many Instagram followers you have. And then guess what? The result is you're not salesy. You're not selling damn thing. Like you win. You're not salesy. Congratulations. But that's what that thought will produce. Whereas if you said, what I have to offer is incredibly valuable. You would generate a whole different internal feeling and you would be, however many Instagram followers you currently had, you'd be out there talking a blue streak and you'd be easily adding new followers from this place of enthusiasm and feeling that you had a lot of value to add. So it's that trickle effect from that initial thought that I don't want to be salesy. That again, sounds so virtuous. Like, Oh, the rest of us are just salesy, but you're going to be, you know, the one person that's not salesy. Good for you. But not (laughs) wanting to be salesy doesn't produce sales. It's actually the opposite to your point. So we always have to be mindful of what we're telling ourselves. And often it does come out when we're speaking to other people. We tell people, I'm not good at this or that, right? Identity statements, I always call them. People are like, well, I'm not really good at you know, meeting people, or I get overwhelmed easily, or I don't have a lot of initiative or, and I would say to people, is that like on your DNA? Do you believe that's like your eye color? Like that's, that makes no sense. Those are thoughts. Our personality, our state of being is the combination of the way we think, feel, and behave. And all of that is generated from the way we think. And so if you think you have a no initiative, then you have no initiative. If you think you confuse easily, you will get confused and confuse easily. So we have to be really onto ourselves, like hacking our brains all the time, especially in areas that we desire a change or desire growth or something new. And we continually find that we're incapable of achieving it. That's like always the clue. Like I've really wanted this thing for three years and I've been working so hard, but that should be like a neon sign in the world that says thought problem, thought problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's always, that's always going to be the root of any action problem of any emotional problem is going to be a thought that you're thinking, whether you're aware or not aware of it, but it's lingering and it's on default and it's running the show and your results will always perfectly reflect your predominant thoughts. 
always hundred percent of the time. You know, I, I, well, two things. Number one, what came up for me when you were saying that at first is, and I say this all the time and it's because I've learned so much of this from you. When you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Yes. And you've seen me in my journey, full transparency, guys, even coaches need coaches. We all need it all the time because we all have, like you said earlier, my limiting beliefs are different than they were three years ago when I was brand new at this, but they're still there. They in each next step that you're taking in your journey as an entrepreneur is another new level. New devil is what I say. Like each up level is going to require you moving into discomfort and learning a new set of tools to, to become that next up level person. Yeah. And I think that's been my, my big understanding is like, again, if you fight for your limitations, you know, you, you get to keep them, they're yours, but where do I want to put my energy fight for my possibilities? That sounds a lot more fun. That moves me a lot in the direction of what I really desire in life. And the other thing that came up is because thoughts are things. And you say that so often, and I've read that in every, and I'm going to segue here a little bit to money. I've read that in every wealth consciousness book that I've read. Yeah. And it was so profound to me. The first time it was um, the science of getting rich when I was reading it. And they talk a lot in there about thoughts or things, thoughts or things. And it made me realize like, this was a thought at one point, this pen was a thought. Everything in our real world was at one point, just a thought in somebody's head. And if that's the case, then your thoughts are things, your thoughts are energy. Your thoughts are currency. Your thoughts are creating your world around you at all times. And that to me made me go, Oh my God, everything does start here. Yeah. It's creating the physical matter or it has created the physical matter. It Mm -hmm. also is creating actually who we are. Mm -hmm. So that's your first comment about fighting for limitations. We don't want to say I am finished the limitation. You know, I just am a slow starter. I just am someone that can't sell a lot or whatever it is. Rather flip it and to take yourself into a future focus as often as you can. And I think one of the simplest ways to really work on this is to say, I'm becoming the person who I'm becoming the person who can sell easily. I'm becoming the person who does take consistent action. I'm becoming the person who learns things quickly. I'm becoming, but speaking into where you're going, not where you are, and most certainly not where you've been. So I love that, the limitations point. And thoughts become things. I I feel like the first person I ever heard say that was either Mike Dooley or Wayne Dyer. But so you know that I use neuroscience and I use quantum physics and everything that lies in possibility, which is what the quantum field is, everything that lies in possibility in the world is going to manifest is going to the way I describe it is going to drop from wave into material particle format. Everything is going to have that transformation from possibility to particle where it becomes concrete in the universe by being matched by a thought energy. So thoughts create things they match. They never create something they don't match. So it's like, I said this in my, my, uh, my mindset the other night and they were like, Whoa, there's like a great quantum physics. I have no idea who said it. Some genius. That's a quantum physicist. I'm just totally, you know, repeating it, but you know, the old saying, like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does it make a sound? Uh So I love that. Right. And it's like, you could just ponder that for a while. So I said to them, 
take it a step further in quantum physics, we would say if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, there's not a forest. And they were like, oh my God, what does that even mean for us? And I'm like, think about it. Yeah. Right? How cool is that? Yeah. Because that's not even a reality unless, right. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to think on that one for a little bit. That's really. But that's what you mean that thoughts create things, but your thoughts are creating the things you're thinking about at the level you're thinking about them. So if you want to up level what's showing up in your life, you have to up level your thought. It's like match, match. That's what manifests match, match. That's what manifests. So thoughts create things. And there are things in our world that have already, you know, somebody thought of a pen a long time ago, thought somebody thought a plane could fly a long time ago. So thoughts produce those things. What we're producing in our personal reality, the things that we're creating, we're manifesting out of a wave place into a particle place is being done by what we match, which is why insufficiency can't produce money. It's why lack of certainty can't produce a sale. Wrong. We're not a match for what we're seeking. Right. Uh Yeah. Well, it's so like, it's even like what we said earlier, where I said, I will write my next group program without struggle mm-hmm. versus I will write my next group program with joy and pleasure. That wasn't a match. I'd never done something like that with joy and pleasure, right. but I could absolutely live into and understand without yeah. struggle. That was, that and if was- that felt like too much, you know, if you tried that for a couple of days and you were like, yeah, this is not I'm not liking this. It doesn't feel good. Then it's like, I can write my next group program with less struggle than I've been experiencing Mm -hmm. or even soften it up more. It's possible that I am the person who can, I'm becoming the person who can, but we just have to keep working with our mind. Just like what I, I have no idea how you could program a computer. I can barely use one, but I would imagine that if I were a computer programmer and I were, you know, doing cool things like coding, I sound like I know what these things mean. Um, <laughs> I, I sound so impressive right now. It's like so, <laughs> so I'm so over my skis. It's not even funny. Um, but if I could like code and do like analytics, I would imagine that you would like try a code and be like, oh, well, that's not getting me exactly what I want. All right, let me try another one. Oh, wait, that one. Like that's what mindset work is. It's understanding the neuroscience, the way our brains work. It's understanding quantum physics and the way the universe works. And then it's having this information and having the application tools to work within these frameworks that are set, like my mind doesn't work differently than yours. And quantum physics is definitely not working differently for each of us. So these things are fixed. They're set rules of our physiology and our universe. And then it's really just how do I program, how do I make this work for me? Not for everybody, but for me, my work is my thoughts and creating my personality and my personal reality. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so fun about mindset is that you're like writing code and computer program, but for your own brain and you can write it today to go here and then you can write it tomorrow to go there. And like, there's, there's no, there's no limit to capacity for what you can create with thought work. Right. You know, that brought up something else too. Cause I remember Tony, again, I'm going to quote Tony Robbins cause I've just learned so much from him through the years, but years ago I was listening to a podcast and he had this guy on and the guy was like, you know, why can't I lose the weight? And he's like, that's exactly why, because you're right. available because you're saying, why can't I? So you're focusing on what's not possible. And totally. what you should be saying is how can I, 
yeah. like making yourself available for it. And it made me think of it in terms of sales just now when you were saying it, because so many, and, and this will be helpful for everybody in the group. So many people are like, where can I find my clients? Well, you're focusing on the lack. You're focusing right. where, where are they? It means you, they aren't here. It means you're acknowledging they aren't there. Yeah. And ultimately your whole goal as a health coach, I guarantee was to be of service right? We all want to help. We all want to show up and be of service. So don't focus on where are my clients? Cause you're focusing on the lack and you're going to get more of what you're focusing yeah, on. Totally. How can I be of service? Means you're Love focusing it. truly on being available for the opportunities that are going to come your way that day. And you can't pretend like in this position you're in right now that you know what they are. You have to be available for them. I love that. I love the word available. I also think just piggybacking on your point that and here are these thoughts that are tricky and they're like almost underground and, and we'll never catch them for ourselves. But I'm just imagining like if I were speaking to that person, what really comes up for me when someone's saying, where are my clients? So I'm like, do you think like your clients make you money? Because that's not even where money comes from. So we've got like a whole paradigm that isn't working there. And that because, because the, like I need my money, where are the clients? Is that clients give us money? And that's not where money comes from. Money comes from value. Right. Which is what you said. Yeah. You said, well, wait a minute. Like you cleaned that up mm -hmm. and said, where, you know, how am I, how can I serve my clients? If you want to make more money, figure out how to put more value out into the world. And there's so many ways to do that, but more value equals more money, not necessarily more clients. Right. So right. I love that, but that's the kind of thing we have to catch with people and be like, so wait, what is the relationship you have in your head between people and money because that's not where it comes from talent doesn't produce money time and effort don't your clients don't bring it to you rather it's the value you put out and i always like to i can't remember who i heard this from not my thought but it's like there's a massive vault for value that we each have like a personal vault and so the more value i put in the world put out in the world the more of a deposit i'm putting into my value vault and so sometimes I'm going to give you a lot of value, like a lot of value. And you're just not going to ever come into my vortex. You're not going to buy from me. You're never, I'm never going to get money from you. It's not going to happen, but I gave you so much value and that's not lost. Like it didn't just go out and dissipate. It's right. in that vault. And so it has to come back to me in the form of money. It's not going to come back from you. I gave you the value. You're not going to give me the money but I will have the money come in. So rather than try and convince you to work with me, I'm just going to give value to you and the next person, the next person, knowing it's going where it's going into that vault and knowing that because sufficiency produces value is producing that has to come back to me. That's actually how you scale a business and sell more is you actually figure out a way to give more value out into the world. That's the truth. That's really how it's done. Absolutely the truth. And I, I like how you said that too, because I, um, what's it called? Law of divine compensation is Marianne Williamson. I don't know. Yeah, yep. one, but she, in one of the chapters in there, they were talking, the specifics don't matter. Basically somebody said, where's the money going to come from? And the person said, from wherever it is right now, oh, like, so money, good. money's already there. And, and, and I say yeah. the same thing yeah. about time. people are like, where are my clients going to come from? from wherever they are right now, they're alive. They're walking on this earth. Like I love if that. you believe it's available, that they're there, the belief that, you know, we're back to the thought and the belief right, right. But already there. And I love what you said about value, put the value out there because you're really just putting in your deposit and yeah. it's coming back to you. You don't know like the blessings on blessings on blessings that spread from you showing up in service yes. to the world. 
in that energy of let me put it out there. And I think that that's just the biggest thing. Like you said, how can I provide more value? Where do I show up? Where do I share? What did you call it? Our, our value? You called it something. It's what value bank. Like how do I share more and put yeah. more out there into my value more. bank? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think to your point, people get caught in the how. Mm-hmm. No, I have to know how to get them. I have to know how to do it. I have to know how. And I'm like, no, you, you don't. That's actually not even your work. Mm-hmm. Your work is to become the person who, the person who is going to, you know, put all that new value out into the world, that person will know how. Okay. So you're over here, like, I think this way and I need to know how, and then I'll get there. And I'm like, you can't get there. Even if I t- could tell somebody how, like even, and I can't, but even if I said, this is the exact thing that you have to go do. Just do these 10 things right now. They're like magic, right? If you're over here thinking this way, even if you have the magic 10, you can't get to where you want to be because you're not the person who can. So the work always has to be becoming the person who, you know, turning into that person who can make six figures, seven figures, whatever the thing is we're talking about, become the person who that person knows how to do it. Yep. And you'll know how to do it when you become the person who can do it. So it's always that work first, always that work first. And it's thinking, like you said, of, of what would that future self, like be in that, what I love that you say all the time is be in that done energy. Yes, it's done. I already did it. How would you think and feel if it were done? Whatever, whatever all your people are thinking about as they listen to this, that thing that they want, that result they want, that goal that they want to achieve, mm-hmm. if it were done. Not, oh, it's going to happen. Not, it should be here soon. Done. Done. What would you think and feel? What would you believe about the world in those moments? What would you feel was true about you? When it's done, who would you be and be that person now? That's how you get there. And that's really what the science of mindset teaches us. Yeah. It's so cool. And I think, you know, even with with health coaches, like I'm sure anybody that deals with like food in any capacity, there's a lot of food freedom coaches out there now, you know, like diet and restriction isn't the way. And to think, I guess, in that analogy of you can't restrict, 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 and then get to your perfect size, perfect weight, perfect, whatever, and then just binge and be whoever you want from that point. You don't get to, and you, the person you're becoming is the same thing. You don't get to stay this safe person, stay the safe person, stay the safe person. And then all of a sudden be the super successful entrepreneur that like stayed safe right up until the, the night you went to bed and woke up as the super successful person. Right. It's like, you can't stay in the cocoon and fly. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's so good. So what, like one last question, cause I know, yeah. I know you love talking about money. I love talking to you about money because so much of it has to do with the mindset. And I think, I don't even know what question I want to ask, but I just know money is the biggest story on the planet. It's the thing that either you know, I said this to somebody the other day, you, you can save money in a lot of ways. Compromising on your dreams doesn't have to be one of them. Yeah. And, you know, cause, cause we all want it. Like we deny ourselves of the pleasures and the things that we really want. And ultimately I think that's where people fall into that mindset of stay safe versus, you know, I, I told this story recently. Um, and, and actually somebody compared what some of what you were saying to Jen Sincero calling the, the little prince. I don't know if you've read any of Jensen Cherry. I have, but I don't know what they're referring to. It's been a long time since I went read any of her stuff. It's that's a nice, like that's the, a compliment to be compared to something she said. Right? Yeah. yeah. She, well, you, you're, trust me, you're, you're there. But yeah, it's the little prince is like the keeping us safe and not, not stepping out there and making those decisions. And ultimately, I think the little prince is the one that waits for the proof first. 
as yeah. if it's going to show up as, as if it like, like somebody's coming to save you. And then somebody uh-huh. else, I just wanted to say this to you too, because you also got compared to Napoleon Hill. Oh my. I know, right? You're like racking them up here. Wow. Uh, what you mentioned remind, reminds Romy of the hypnotic rhythm was something you had mentioned a while ago. Oh, I don't remember okay. that part. You can grow it. But yeah, the hypnotic like rhythm. Romy's watching, commenting on, on uh, all your good stuff you're sharing with us. But I told this story recently on, on Monday, as a matter of fact, in my group that I, when I read one of Jen's books, the You're a Badass at Making Money, she talks about how, you know, you deserve the car, go get the car. And I was like driving a car that I'd been driving for 10 years. I had, I could totally afford it, but I told myself all the reasons why I couldn't. And as I'm reading her book, I'm like, she's right. I do deserve this car. I'm going to go get a car. I want a new car. And I didn't have the money in the bank, but I knew, and I believed that I was in this energy of, I want a new car and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to be truthful with myself. And I went and got the new car and lo and behold, swear to God, I I remember bawling my eyes out a week later on a Saturday, I wake up and I just happen to look at my bank statement. And trust me at that time, I was still very much like, I like to avoid, you know, (laughs) looking at that kind of stuff. And here I I open it up and I look at it and two deposits were made, two deposits were made in my bank account. And neither one of them I expected. One was a a tax return that I didn't know when it was going to get paid or that it would, you know, happen to be that day. And the other one was a bonus from like eight months before that that my work had not paid out, that I had totally forgotten about it. And those two combined added up almost to the dollar of yeah. what I financed that yeah. for. So cool. And I bawled because I was like, oh, it's exactly what she said. And it was that idea that like the money wasn't there in my bank account, but I could sit around and keep saying, look, the money isn't there. I can't afford it. Or I could take the step. Yeah. And I let the universe then show up and support me. And it's the scariest thing in the world. But I think a lot of people hold themselves back because they look at the real world proof of like, look, it's not there. Well, they, they want the evidence. They yeah. want the evidence to feel abundant. So yeah, I'll yeah. feel I'll feel abundant when I have the money. Yeah. I'll feel desirable when I have the love. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll like when I have the thing, I'll feel the thing. And it's the inverse that we have to practice. You have to feel and think as if, and you, it's a, it's a meta skill. I mean, this takes, I spend all day, every week, all year long working with people. This is a skill that has to be taught. And then you have to practice and you know, it's an acquired skill, but what you did that's so fascinating is you actually behaved ahead of where your reality was, because here's the thing. The person that doesn't have enough money in the bank, if we're just, you know, sort of thinking traditionally on our default, Mm -hmm. you don't have enough money in the bank. So you're in, let's say, a scarcity mindset. Person in a scarcity mindset would never buy something they didn't have enough money for. Because the thought is, it's not there. I don't know how to get it. I don't know when I'll get it. I don't know if I'll get it. So I can't. I mean, that's the whole thought process right there. What you did is you had a thought and that thought was, I want a car, I deserve it. That's what people who are abundant, people who have money think like that all the time. And so when you thought like that, it produced a different feeling and you took different actions than what's traditional for you. And you got a result that created the abundance that reflected your initial thought. If your initial thought was, I would love a car, but I don't have enough money, then you're not going to have a result that shows you anything different than that thought. But you had this moment, this breakthrough thought, which is so great, where you were like, you know, darn it, I deserve a car. I want to go get a car. Mm -hmm. Let's call them rich people. Rich people think like this all the time. 
right? I, I mean, when I've worked with people that make literally millions of dollars every year, like I'm talking gross, like oh, year after year after year. And sometimes they lose like a lot of money. Like they lose a million dollars in a year, right? More than most people will ever make in one year, they lose in a year. And you talk to these people and they're like, yeah, I mean, that, that was tough, but uh, I got this other thing going. Like, there's just, there's no worry. There's no scarcity. It's like, I, I sent an email to my list recently and I said, talking to people who are successful mm-hmm. and asking them what it's like for them to be successful with money is like listening to someone describe making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was the analogy I used to my email list. And I said, cause it goes like this. I asked the person, well, tell me about all your money success. Like, Oh my God, you make $7 million a year. Like, tell me all about that. And they're like, yeah. So I go to the supermarket and I like get peanut butter and then I get some jelly and I get some bread. And then I just take a piece of bread and I put some peanut butter on it. And sometimes I run out of jelly. So I just go to the store, I get some more jelly. And I mean, it usually comes out good, but sometimes it doesn't taste that good. And so then I decided to get a different kind of jelly and then tasted better. And I don't know. And you're just like, you're, you're like, you're falling asleep listening to them yeah, because it's They're that normal. simplistic to them. It's yep. like, you're like, seriously, this is your story. Like, this is your story of, I lost a million. I made another million. I lo-. And so obviously I was being very tongue in cheek saying, it's like listening to people talk about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yep. But when you talk about money to people that are in scarcity, I mean, they tell you that they have to make a seven course meal blindfolded, standing upside down on fire. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And it's, you can hear it. Like when you're in our position where you talk to people, it's the struggle in the thoughts that's producing the lack of money. It's yeah. the struggle. And people are like, no, when I have the money, I won't struggle. No, no. When you stop struggling in your thoughts, you'll have the money. Have the money. When you believe it's easy, right? You said something, I'm not going to repeat it here. You said something the other day about something that was very easy for you. You're like, yeah, recently this thing has been really easy for me. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> right? I was like, stop it. Hold me, on. Me of all people. <laughs> I was like, that's why it's easy. And you were like, well, this has been, it's just so easy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, it's the thought. This has been easy. And you even said, I don't know why. This thing has been really easy for me lately. I just don't know why. And I was like, I'll tell you why. That's why it's been easy for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so cool when you get that. It's so, so, so cool when you get that. So I love that. I could, t- I mean, I could talk about money and sales 24 hours a day. I love money. I love selling. And I think if people could just understand, we don't have money problems. We have thought problems. Yes. Clean up yes. your thinking. Yes. You don't yes. need to know how exactly to make the thousand dollars. You don't need to. And it's not going to be the same way that your next door neighbor who made a thousand dollars makes you know, you're not going to have to use the same formula and you don't have to know it to begin. What you do have to do is work on the belief that I am becoming the person who makes a thousand dollars and feel into that. And then the how will appear to you and you will do it in such a flow state and you will make a thousand dollars. It's that's how it works. Yeah. 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 That's how it always, always, always works. And it's fun. And then you will have like, you know, the Saturday morning cry because you're like, oh my God, like this is true. Yeah. This is true. Right. I'll give you one other quick analogy and then I'll let your people go. Cause they're probably so sick of me already. No, I could, I could nerd out with you forever on sales and money, Liz. We, we do get a little, <laughs> we do get a little geeked out, don't we? We really do. But Wayne Dyer had this great, the late, wonderful Wayne Dyer, one of my great mentors. He had a great story he told that I saw live And he talked about, I think I've told you this story before, but he talked about this person who was in their house and 
had their car keys in their hand and suddenly the lights went out and they dropped the car keys and it's like it's night and the lights went and it's like pitch dark absolutely pitch dark and the person's like oh darn it and gets down you know on the hands and knees and you know underneath the couch the whole thing like looking for the keys and can't find him can't find him and then sees a, a light just a little glimmer of light across the street down the street a little bit and there seems to be one street light that's still on and so this guy's like i got it i know what to do and goes outside starts looking around everywhere down ground by the cement sidewalk neighbor comes out and is like what are you doing looks like you could use some help he's like i really could he's like oh fantastic like what are you looking for he's like i'm looking for my car keys the guy's like great where did you lose him he's like oh i lost him inside by the couch says, why are you out here? He said, this is where I can see. So we have to learn not to be looking where the light's on. That's not where the problem ever is. It's in the dark, which is our mind, our thoughts. Can't just go out into the light and look for the car keys. It's not a good story. I love that. I love it. That's so amazing. It reminded me of the one where you go to the ocean and you take like a little teaspoon and you're like, why am I not? I forget what it is. It's like something with why am I not getting more? And it's like, literally you went there expecting this much, but you're asking this much, you know? I I just botched that, but reminded me of that a little bit, but it's so, so, yeah, it's so profound. Like the, the but that's what we do. We want to go look for the money where the light's on. We want to go, where's my sale? Where's my money? I'll just go where the light's on, right? I'll go look in the bank account, go look at the client. But that's not where you lost the money. You lost the money in the dark, which is your mind, your thoughts, your limiting beliefs, your subconscious. That's where the money is. I love that. So we have a question here. I'm going to read that. Romy says, I have a question. When I talk to my clients, I want to give them an empowering active mindset to start from that is something along the lines of, you too can be a chef who goes from overwhelm and depression to creating boundaries to work less hours, making time off and non-negotiable, et cetera. How would you word it? I don't think it matters. I don't think there's magic in words necessarily. She's working, but I think there's magic in energy. Yeah, that's what I was going to, like, I love to say, you can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But I don't think it matters. So why are we scripting somebody? What is the, I I don't actually know enough about this question because it also depends like where is the person walking in the door when we give them this script? Cause if the person's like already kind of like, I love what I do. I'm a great chef, you know, I'm ready. Then, then some of that languaging might work. But if, if someone's like picking themselves off the floor right. of defeat and you give them this verbiage, the mind's just going to yeah. reject that immediately. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if this is like a group program or it's like, I'm not sure about the parameters here, but I would say you really have to tailor a message for people that is a step or two above where they are. So you want it to be a stretch, but it's Mm got to be believable or there'll be too much cognitive dissonance. I mean, that sounds like a statement that a confident person would say. I love that statement. I think it's beautiful. But if you're dealing with somebody that's really in, in a belief state that I can't do it, somebody's arguing for their limitations, they don't see the way, they just want the formula, I don't think that's going to land. So right. I think you have to be willing to work with them where they're at and show them how to slowly up-level their mindset and maybe ask questions like, what do you believe is possible currently? And see if you can work on adding possibility to what they currently believe is possible. 
yeah, I think meeting them where they're at and knowing this isn't like, you don't want to come from an energy of lack or insufficiency because when you're trying to manipulate what you say to to generate a specific outcome, then you're in that lack energy. You're in that manipulative beggy versus an empowered statement where the right person is going to want to hear that and the wrong person won't. And that's okay because you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. Yeah. And, and anybody that like is so again, that value piece, anyone that's like, listen, what I do as a chef is so unbelievably important at this time in the world and the way that I do it. And only I do it the way I do it. I mean, who cares? You could fumble those words out of your mouth. If you're in that state of being, if you're thinking and feeling into that, you don't have to worry about a perfect script. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not about what you're saying. Hopefully that helped energy. Yeah. And she said, um, it's for her website. That's great. Thank you. So yeah, I think that was, I think that was really helpful because I do, I do feel exactly what you said. Why are we scripting this? Like, we don't want to be too specific with anything where we're trying to generate a specific result that goes back to you're attached to the outcome. Right. Yep. Versus just showing up in that energy of service, showing up. How can I provide more value? You know, more value in the bank. Yep. Put more value in the bank. Yeah. All the way through. I love that. Oh, Liz, I just want to talk to you for ever and ever. But I, I know, know we have to, we're going to have like a slumber party weekend. I'm going to come out yes. to California yes. and we're just going to geek out the whole weekend. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I, I, we would have so much fun. We would never stop talking about sales and money. We, and, wouldn't. And all we would never, things. ever stop talking about money or sales. Yeah. Cause I love it. It's so, it's what I used to say when I was a math teacher, I was like, nobody likes math, but I love it. So I'm going to make it fun because let me read all the stuff and geek out on it and then show up and give it to you in approachable, presentable so way. Because you have to do it in, in order to get through high school. And then I went, oh my God, I'm the same in sales. Let me nerd out on all the sales. Let me read all yes. the books. That's and why your people like, love you. That's why they flock to you is because you love what you do and you see the value and you put a lot of value out in the world. That's and I hire really good coaches and make sure that I invest in my growth all the time. Yes. And I show up for myself. We all, we all, that is, that is one of our greatest tricks and secrets. If people really want to know the secret to be successful, Hire powerhouse coaches, people that are down the road ahead of you, at yep. least in an area that's not your expertise. Yeah. Yep. yep. 100%. It's like your board of directors. Like anybody yeah. who's running yeah. a business has their board of directors. You need your people to keep you in check. Like you said, you're inside totally. the bottle. You can't read the label. Hire some people who can read your labels and give you some advice that's going to really help you keep moving forward. Bottom line. Yes. Yep. I love totally. it. So where if anybody we, has any more questions, they can put it in your page and tag me, or yeah. you can send them over to my page, which I hope they will all come on over and visit me on my free page. I do trainings every week. I am posting every single day, but they can just go over and ask me a question and tag me there. And I respond to all questions. Perfect. Yeah. If you guys, Liz is in our group. So if you have a question, definitely tag her, but also I know they're obsessed with you. So definitely go to her Facebook group. I'm obsessed with you. Mindset Mastery School for Women in Business. Please make sure that if you want more of this amazingness that Liz just brought to us today, make sure you go get in her Facebook group because she does do trainings and she'll kick your butt. Make sure that you know what you need to do to keep moving forward and get your thoughts in the, you know, master your mind. Like you said, Mindset Mastery is what it's all about. So fun being with you today. Yes. So much fun. Thank you, Liz. This was awesome. You guys leave your favorite takeaways. Thoughts grow stronger when shared. I want to see what you loved. Liz wants to see it too. Um, thank you for being here, whether you were live or on the replay. Would love to hear what your favorite part was. So 
Liz, thank you again. I so, so appreciate your time and just love everything about you and how you've helped me so tremendously. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I loved being here. Invite me back again. Part two. Yes. Oh, okay. Well then it's official. You said it. We're, we're bringing you back. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Liz. Go enjoy the rest of your night. Bye everybody. Thank you so much. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.